Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Giddy Up Live from the Crocus Sales just outside of Auckland. Great to have your company wherever you may be listening around the country on your local SEN track dial or wherever you may be listening, of course, on uh, the SEN app, we're joined by a couple of superstars. We're racing royalty when it comes to this country. First of all, the New Zealand racing editor for the New Zealand Herald, the biggest paper in New Zealand, Mickey Guerin, great friend of ours on SEN. Um, hello to you, Mick. Nice to be joining you, mate, and uh, nice to, to be at the sales. I love the sales. We're very proud of our horses in New Zealand. We're very proud of, of the Karaka sales complex. And a lot of challenges around the sale with the rain yesterday, but it's a yep. better type of day today. And... It'll be a 10% market pickup today, I would suggest. There's a lot of very strong lots. There's siblings to the likes of Mr. Brightside, Melody Bell, obviously, and I wish I win. So that's proven Group 1 Australian winning form on the track. And it's recent form. It's not 10 years old. Yeah. So once you have those sort of siblings available, uh, it, it's a big help. And it's going to be a strong day. It's had a, it's had a slowish start, but also yeah. it's been a, a, a difficult week weather-wise, getting people here. All those challenges, yeah. NZB have met them really, really well. We didn't miss a beat yesterday, which when you saw the torrential rain, mm -hmm. logistically was quite remarkable. Remarkable job when you talk to the people here by New Zealand Bloodstock to even get these sales up and about after you hear some of the stories what happened there at Auckland, especially with that airport closing down. Um, the boss of New Zealand Bloodstock, the managing director Andrew Seabrook, joins us here live on Getty Up on this Monday morning. G'day, mate. Andrew, good morning. How's things? Um, I think we just got to put your microphone up. There we go. Good morning, Andrew. Take good, two. good morning, Gareth. Um, Geez, it's been like you've had COVID, but yeah. once again, you've been tested once again. Yeah, um, yeah. How, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling okay now. I mean, yeah. I, I said to someone, you say, what have we done to the big fella upstairs? You know, COVID yeah. one year, then COVID the next, and now the international airport's closed. But uh, they say when there's uh, bad weather, it brings everyone into the auditorium and creates a bit of atmosphere, which is what we're seeing at the moment. But uh, look, a few people have, have missed their flight or haven't been able to get here, which, which doesn't help. But you know what? The buyers have been uh, pretty adaptable these days, and they've shown that yeah. for the last couple of years. They've got people here on the grounds and what have you to, to, to speak to and get notes from. But, uh, no, very pleased to see so many Australians here, Gareth. So when we talk to our listeners and they're starting to um, get involved with all the syndication these days, it's such a big business back home. Um, and everybody can have a small percentage and try and win a derby or an Oaks or a Group 1 sprinting race. Um, and a lot of them have been interested in the stables that are heading to New Zealand, like Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr., Mara and Eustace, the Busson and Young team. Johnny O'Shea's had so much success with the Perrin Cantos and the mm. like. 
Um, you had like New Zealand bred horses have had a dream 12 months, really. Yeah, that, it really helps our, our task in promoting the sale and getting uh, people over here from Australia. It's uh, It hasn't been difficult at all. And when I was at the Gold Coast a couple of weeks ago, I was inundated with Australians wanting to come to uh, New Zealand. Just so positive about our stallions and how our horses are performing. And not just the stayers and the middle distance horses, but look at horses like Rock and, Rock and Horse, one of the best sprinters in Australia. And I wish I win. And, uh, you know, just an outstanding sprinter miler. So... Uh, there's something here for everyone and uh, I think the Australians yesterday spent 4.2 million more than the first day last year so yeah. uh, just great to see. Now Mick um, you've been covering these sales for such a long time do you think just the vibe from the Australian buyers with the success like even you're producing group one um, sprinting champs these days like Rock and Horse I, I don't think in my time anyway that New Zealand thoroughbreds in the last five or six years especially have had so much um, there's a there's a there's an aura of boom about them at the moment. Well, also they don't cost much. No. If you go to the Gold Coast or you go to English Easter Sales, a lot of these big barns are going to buy million dollar horses and try and turn them into, into colts. And it's a lottery, and it's a very big lottery where the prize is very big. A home affairs happens once in a while, and you you you're maybe not going to buy that horse from here. But what you're going to buy is a Melody Bell who's going to turn up and win 14 Group One races, and she costs fifty-seven and a half thousand dollars. The horses here don't cost a lot. Now, I, I buy a lot of horses. I bought eight yearlings in the last 12 months. And I'll, I'll have an honest conversation. I don't bullshit the listeners. We get a lot of horses scoped and x-rayed, a, a, a shit ton of them. And the x-rays are better here. When you x-ray New Zealand horses, you're less likely to have remodelling in the knee. You're less likely to have chips because they're raised on really strong ground. There's great volcanic ash here, a lot of minerals in it, and we have a lot of rain. So... I think we x-rayed about 60 or 70 on the Goldie. And we bought three, three horses there. They're beautiful stock. But when you buy horses here, they are stronger boned. That's just a fact yeah. of life. And strong boned horses can race and race hard yeah. for a very long time. And when you go around a horse like I Wish I Win, who had really bad confirmation, but he can run through that and develop through that on New Zealand land. Melody Bell would be one of the more robust Group 1 horses we've had in recent years. That's what you're buying. You're buying horses who, yes, may give you a chance at the lottery ticket. There's a few of them around. Kermedic was purchased very cheaply out of the sale, and he's now doing a good job at stud. But what you're buying is, in a no-bullshit world, horses that will scope predominantly pretty well and will x-ray really well. And people like Waller and Ma Eustace, they're buying as end users. They're not buying to sell onto Hong Kong. They're buying to race these mm. things. And that's what they are. They are racehorses. And that's what this is. This is a racehorse sale. This is not so much a lottery ticket stallion sale. Yeah, Andrew, the Sir Patrick Hogan Auditorium there yesterday. I was watching it online. And by the way, your um, the coverage, and you do well there. On, I'm not just saying it because you're here, Mickey G. But if you're listening to this and, and you want to watch the sales from Australia, just go to your website mm. because um, it's a terrific coverage. But... It was an emotional start to the sales as you pay tribute to a legend of the game. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I didn't do it, have to do it, yeah. Gareth. And I thought Sir Peter Vella was, was starting to well up there at the end. Um, but no, he did a great job. And I mean, Sir Patrick Hogan, I mean, what he's done for not only the New Zealand industry, but for the Australian industry too. Just a great man, a great breeder, a great mentor to so many in the game. And uh, I think it was a great way to honour him, you know, that auditorium, now the Sir Patrick Hogan auditorium. So that, that, does it look good? Like, yeah. you can, you can honour people with a little plaque and no one can see it, but when you now look at the coverage, and you can go online to nzb.co.nz, every 
horse who ever goes through this ring. Sir Patrick Hogan Auditorium is above him, and it looks classy. Yeah. It just is the nicest touch you'll see on any sales ground in the world. And he transcended the sport for New Zealand. He's a Hall of Famer in both countries, but you would go to your local pub in Australia, and you would go, you know, Sir Patrick Hogan, yes, he bred Sir Bill. Like, he, he, he had that aura about him, and he was able to... Um, do remarkable things for this country and the industry. Absolutely, and, and a lot of people won't realise he was the first breeder in any country to be to be inducted into the Australian Hall of Fame, yes. which was quite amazing. But the people in Australia that worked for Sir Patrick, you know, the the Anthony Thompsons, the Adam Sangsters, there's an, any the number leagues. of them, as well as a, a New Zealand like John Thompson yeah. and Russell Warwick, leading stud masters of today, have got Sir Patrick Hogan to thank. And uh, no, I mean, what Sir Tristram Zabil, Patrick Hogan, what they did for for the industry over so long 32 years leading vendor here cambridge stud um here at the sales so it was only it's just so appropriate well andrew look at yesterday's top two lots Severbill colt 625 Severbill philly zabiel yeah. so zabiel Severbill. that legacy is extended into right now yeah. and though that's going to extend for 20 or 30 years as long as there's horses running around in circles so andrew Sir patrick hogan will be part of our life you lead the way in what you do but Sir Patrick, what did he teach you? What was the greatest advice he gave to a young Andrew Seabrook coming through the ranks? Oh, well, he was just, he was a stickler for detail and so professional. Um, he, he led the way in how to market horses and what have you. When, when he sold and Trentham, he was the first person in Australasia to do the hospitality in the tents. He had the market. He was the first person to do that. He was the first person to have sandwiches and drink and what have you. And, and, and a lot of the other Kiwis and the Australians followed. But I first met Sir Patrick when I was nine or ten years of age and we used to adjust mares for him at our farm um, in Cambridge and he had some great horses on our farm Orkidra and Mel Sue some of the great mares back in the 70s but that's when I first met him and uh, uh, he was a great man um, you can see you even get emotional still talking about him mate um, um, and he will be missed but one thing his legacy will live forever won't it oh absolutely yeah. you know yeah, and, and um, Mick you covered Sir Patrick Hogan for a long time you understood the 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 power that he had from a from a journalistic point of view. You write a story about Sir Patrick Hogan, and it would people in Australia would read that article. I, re I reckon in my time in New Zealand racing, I met about five intimidating people, and and I'm not talking intimidating because they were mean. Intimidating by sheer intelligence. The aura, yeah. And sometimes you're talking to someone and you leave afterwards and you think, I know absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. and, and Sir Patrick Hogan was one of those people. You feel, you feel like, oh, God, I'm stupid. But it's, that's how you learn. Yeah. You ask a million questions of people like him. He was very good with his time. You know what I liked yesterday about the tribute to him? Mm -hmm. We had the tribute and then we straight away we started selling horses. He would yeah. have loved that. Yeah. He was a businessman. He would have been like, yep, they've all spoken about me. They all love me. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's yeah. sell some horses. Let's get down to business. And he would have loved that. What about, yeah, well... I watched and I was moved. So, you, like, it, it's difficult to get that right, Andrew. Uh, and you guys got it right. And it was such mm. a, a, a moment that people won't ever forget. So, congratulations um, because of the importance that Sir Patrick Hogan played on the industry, not here, in, not only in New Zealand, but as you pointed out, he was the first breeder to be named in the Australian Racing Hall of Fame. What can we expect day two? We've got siblings with uh, Mr. Brightside and I Wish I Win who had... Um, big moments throughout our spring carnival. Um, what do you think day two will present? 
I think it'll present higher prices. Um, yep. I think yesterday, and Michael and I talked about it on air, air yesterday morning, yesterday was the day to get in and get some bargains. I think it was, it was a little bit sticky. People just holding back, uh, waiting to see what the market was going to do. But uh, they're telling me that the better horses are in today and tomorrow. Um, so I, hope, I, just, I just saw Mr. Zhang um, step, step onto the property from Yulong, so hoping okay, that he might yes. step out today. So um, great to have him here, of course. I saw Vin Cox arrive um, from Godolphin as well with his blue army. Um, and I've said this, told this story a few times. I read um, during the Iris sales there at the Cara, there was a helicopter, a plane flew in, and everyone thought, what the hell's going on here? It was Sheikh Mohammed. And I think they went up 50% on the previous day. So if yeah. the Sheikh well, turns that, that's up, one of the battles which has really been remarkable in the last two years. Coolmore and Darley didn't used to buy off each other. Yeah. So Godolphin, as they call it up there, they didn't used to buy off each other very much. And now they cross-fertilise, and that just makes market explosions because sometimes they end up on the same two horses. Yeah. What, what, what we've had here today, which we haven't had for a long time, is, or not today, but at the sale, is stallion diversity and vendor diversity. This is a sale which over the last 30 or 40 years has been dominated by two massive totem poles, Waikato Stud and Cambridge Stud. But when you go through the vendors' lists now, the stallion list, the diversity there, we've got probably 10 stallions here who are relatively on the same level. Savabil still tops, but there's stallions here, like even Too Darn Hot. You've got obviously you know, El Manzor's arrived. We've got Purin Canto Pras here. All these horses are coming into play, and new vendors are coming into play. You know, someone like Carl Orr Park has 28 yearlings for sale here. Hallmark continue to have strong stuff. Gordon Cunningham's draft at Curramore is as good as you can prepare horses. Yeah. You, you can't make them any better at this stage. I don't know if they'll be race horses. They probably will because most of the Gordies do. He bred Tefane. But that diversity is really important because you, if you only have two big players in the marketplace and two good stallions, yeah. you end up fighting over the same thing and the rest are scraps. That diversity is creating a more even marketplace. And I think we saw that yesterday. And that was also reflected in the buyer's bench. We had three Kiwis buy on the top 10, but we also had four separate Australian stables in that yep. top 10. So we're not having this market skewed anybody's way. It's a very fair marketplace here. And you got first season size like Super Seth that made a statement, which was good for, um, I think, a relief for Waikato Farm as well, because they spent a lot of money on him. But to, to have he, he was pretty good, I thought, at the Magic Millions, and um, he was he was handy enough on the open. The yeah, and they sold well. I think they averaged over 220,000, yeah. not bad off a $30,000 service fee. No, they sold well. John O'Shea bought a couple, and uh, I think most of them found Australian homes. I, I looked at some super sets on the Goldie, and I looked at some here. The ones here were the better. Yeah. They, they just they they just bone up better. Tarsino, I can't wait to see what he can produce as well. He's a star, um, and a lot of Australians love him, especially the Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. stable. We'll catch up with you tomorrow, Andrew, but it's great to be in New Zealand. And um, so many of the, like Jamie Richards is in town. He was training winners yep. at Shark 10 on such that, on the Stewards' Cup night there yesterday. But he's, he's here trying to find his next champion. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Will Bourne is going to get us on. We're going to, we can't tell you which lot, but Johnny O'Neill is on the phone. He's part of our family yep. on SEN track. And giddy up. And we're going to try and steal one today. Okay. And call it giddy up. Okay. And win the Karaka Millions. You, you might have picked the wrong day. <laughs> Why? Well, because yesterday was the day for stealing. <laughs> oh, well, we'll see what we can do. We're going to be live on radio. Do, do, you, ever, do, ever... You, do you steal a lot of stuff? No. <laughs> I, I, from... I believe you stole some young girl's heart away and, and you're engaged now. Yes. Heartbreaking yes. news for the bloodstock industry. No. And, and <laughs> anyway. woman and some men Australasian wide. Well, um, it's always a pleasure having <laughs> you on the show, Mickey G. <laughs> 
Um, thank you, Andrew. Great, Gareth. Thanks for coming over. Appreciate now, I'm it. I'm about to go and catch up with your great mate. And I asked him, who do you like better, Barry Bowditch or Andrew Seabrook, when I had a chat to Steve Davis? And he and said, the one who pays me the yes. most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andrew Seabrook, well, he said. He said, he's got bigger pockets than Jerry these days. Well, Steve got me the job yeah. here 30 I years ago. No, yeah. no wonder he loves you. So, so, so we can blame Steve. Yes. We'll take this break and then we'll catch up. Yep, um, and see if you'll say this on the record when I interview him out the back. Beautiful. Gareth, all with you, alive from the Caracas sales at Auckland. This is Giddy Up.